Good morning and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is uh, Liam Kennedy on a Tuesday. Delighted to see you, Liam. Uh, the wheels of industry don't stop turning for you or me, so unfortunately, uh, delays do happen. So apologies for the chat, but thanks for staying with us. And uh, as I know, we'll probably have a little bit of Mickey taken as uh, I get to go through the chat with the questions. But as always, with it being a Tuesday, we do put an opportunity out to those people on Twitter uh, first to uh, get their questions in and Liam I'm going to dive straight into the questions yeah. um, Stuart Taylor says in terms of performance what are you hoping to see on Saturday and what are you expecting on Saturday um, it, it's hard it's hard to say what I'm, what I'm expecting I'm expecting to win I'm hoping we're going to win a game really I'm, I'm less bothered about the manner in which they do it but of course it would be nice to to see some changes in approach, uh, changes in organisation, probably personnel as well. I'd like to see him make two or three uh, decisions on personnel. Um, I want to see the goalkeeper change. Do I think he'll do that? I'm not 100% sure. I want to see the centre-halves rejigged. I want to see the um, system and formation changed. Um, I want to see... Uh, I just want to see Newcastle um, look like a team who can stop the opposition scoring, but also create the other end as well. Um, and, and I've got I've got faith that, that, that uh, listening in depth to, to Eddie Howe last week that, that he is the meticulous type coach who can who can see a turnaround in, in fortunes and results at Newcastle. Created a big impression already, I've got to be honest, amongst the fan base. A lot of positivity uh, on social media about him. So uh, hopefully that will continue. I've just got a feeling from a personal point of view, we will have a, a an atmosphere and a result akin to Keegan versus Bristol when he came in as a manager for the first time when there was question marks over whether Keegan was making the right decision. Was he going to be experienced enough? Was he going to be the right man for the job? I've got a feeling we'll get a result against Brentford. That's uh, that's my prediction this week. I'll, I'll obviously give me prediction later in the week. Uh, on to the next question. Colin Wilson. Morning, Liam. Do you expect a director of football to be in place before the Brentford game? Also, have you been up to the training ground this week? Any clues as to what Eddie's team formation will be on Saturday? Uh, no no clues. I would expect it's probably four at the back. That, that tends to be the way that he plays his team. I haven't been to the training ground. Um there's been nobody invited up there yet this week. Um, uh, director of football, was that the other question? Yeah, um, director of football. I mean, we've had, we've had obviously, the Middle Eastern show that we do now on a, on a Saturday. Um, you know, we had a little bit of suggestion, it would be said, from uh, our contact out in the Middle East, uh, Neil Mitchell and uh, the lads, saying essentially that a director of football could be in place, according to their contact, you know, before the Brentford game. So it's rumours. Um, it's it's a it's a strong gut feeling by those in the Middle East. No confirmation from the club yet. Anything in the media? No, 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 no definitive answers on that one. Um, there's a lot of talk of Michael Lemonardo, um, and and I would love to see an appointment like that. I think it'd be really positive. Um, but when I put that name to them last week, there seems to seem to be a little bit of playing down of it. Um, could that be? <laughs> Look. I can't guess. I'm not going to start guessing, but no. the Eminolo stuff looks very Fonseca-like um, in its in its manner, in which there's a lot of noise coming from one end and not as much coming from the other. Um, look, I hope it is true, and I hope the, the guys in the Middle East have got this one spot on. But we'll just wait and see. Um, 
it would be really positive if he came in. But like I say, the club, the club, the way I look, the way I look at it is they've either maybe learned some lessons and thought, did we get the Emery stuff right? Um, and are we going to play this Emanolo stuff down until it happens or it doesn't happen? Or he isn't the man. I think it's and I don't know which which one of those arguments it is. And I know that's quite broad brush, but it could be either of those. I don't know which one it is. But all I can say is that when I put the name and the conversation and the things that were coming out in certain parts of the media last week to very well play source, um, it was played down. So take with that what you will. Yeah, the bottom line is, Liam, you're there to ask the questions and you always seem to ask the right ones. So, uh, you know, we've got to take that as, uh, as you know, as being led in the right way. So, look, we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, Ian Holt says, heard rumours about Ramon Planes. Is that the right pronunciation? God knows. From Barca, as he is their technical secretary who works under their current director of football, interested in us. Do you think that Emanalo has suggested him to work under him if he is likely to be appointed or have you heard anything similar? So obviously we've already dismissed the Animalo thing. Now we're getting now we're getting suggestions of technical secretaries. I've never heard that. Um, I've never heard that job title. Like, what's a technical secretary? What I'm saying is, I, I don't. I'm not going to rule out Emanalo, and I'm not going to rule out Planes or, or however his name is pronounced. I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, Cheers, you dug us out of the hole there. It's yeah. It's it's all. Um, it's all hypotheticals. I honestly don't know. It's it's not something that I've heard, I've heard mentioned by anybody. But of course, I've seen the reports elsewhere in the foreign press. So I think we'll just have to wait and see. I don't like I said. My, my information on the M and Arlo stuff is is well sourced. So we'll have to wait and see. Well, that really will. I think it, it's obvious to everybody out there. If we're going to be honest, is that they want some kind of director of football in place. And I think they've got names that they that they want. I think it's a key thing, especially before January. But as you've mentioned numerous times on this show, Steve, that and I've seen mentions by um, people very high up in the in the national press. Two seconds. I'm just going. Is it the dog? Is the dog? I'm letting the dog out. Oh, God. it's a classic. The dog. The dog's getting as bad as Malcolm's. Uh, well, that's what I was fiddling. I was fiddling on before. Um, I'm stopping and trying to bite the chair. I was letting her out in the garden. <laughs> Dear me, I'm going like, so like this all the time. People's probably thinking, what's he doing? She was, she was biting the chair there. There's, um, um, there's MSN's headline this week, Savage Dog uh, <laughs> Attacks Chair on Newcastle Podcast. So, yeah, where, where was I with that? Where that was, was yeah, I? I mean, just, I mean, well, look, I'll ask you the other question. What, what's a technical yeah. secretary? I've no idea. It's all hypotheticals. That's the way it is. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. They do want a director of football in place, but we're absolutely sure of that. But as you've mentioned, that's where I was going. As you've mentioned on previous shows, that I've seen it mentioned by prominent members of the national press on social media in the last seven days that there is absolutely no football expertise and no football uh, thought process at the top end of this consortium. Um, and you've mentioned on numerous occasions certain names. One, one Frank McParland. Frank McParland in particular. Yes, he might not be everybody's cup of tea. I mean, I've spoken to some people in Scotland who said he had, you know, carte blanche at Rangers, did they sign the right players, this kind of thing. But look, the bloke's got he's got experience at Rangers. He's got experience at the, the top level with Liverpool, numerous other Premier League football clubs. Brentford. Yes, there is football expertise there. Whether you think it's good football expertise or bad, it's not a case. They're not just sort of 
making this up as they go along. So they have got football advisors in place. They're all football advisors, every part of this this consortium who are giving their advice. And whether you agree with it or not, it, it, it isn't it isn't just sort of flying in the dark. They, they do know what they're doing. Um, some of the national press decide on a narrative if they're not maybe getting what they want from that particular person. And I'm not just talking about Newcastle here. Yeah. I'm talking about I'm talking about football in general. So let's let's just you know let's just say that somebody gets on very well with a manager at a football club. Um, he gets all the exclusives. He gets all the stories. Um, but then another journalist who maybe isn't getting that kind of access um, decides. Well, if I'm not getting that access, I'm not going to make his life very pleasant at the football club. Does that kind of thing happen? Um, I mean, I I don't think it's I don't think it's as calculated often as that. But I think if I think that can that can human be, nature. I was human just going to say it'd be naive to think that that kind of thing doesn't go on because it goes on yeah. in every in every walk of life. Of course, it does. Um, I, I just think. I, I'm, it's just frustrated me that the the, the narrative, as you say, uh, from certain, I don't know whether it's, it could be local, national, whoever, is that almost uh, they're making mistakes at every single turn. There seems to be like this idea that people who come into football clubs because they haven't owned another football club will automatically make a million and one mistakes. It will be absolute chaos. Look, beyond that sort of managerial week or two where it was like, God, is something going to happen? And then when it started to happen, it didn't happen. And then they went to somebody else, which was a little bit out of their control in some ways. Maybe they did make the odd mistake. But the way that it's been painted by some some sections of the media is that it's absolute chaos at Newcastle United. Everything's, you know, they don't know what they're doing. Everything's going wrong. I would argue, you know, in the first month or so, it's been pretty successful in terms of it's off the field with regards, you know, making changes, getting the right people in the right place, the communication, the the treatment fans with respect, the little bits of um, investment that are going on behind the scenes, the plans that are being put in place behind the scenes for big plans at Newcastle United. I don't think it's been the chaos mayhem that some people would love you to believe. I, I just don't. Can I give you my opinion on it? I just yeah. generally think that these people have come in and I think what they've found is they found a club that's been neglected and they've found a club that's got some really good people behind the scenes working to a budget which really has been impossible to, to, to upkeep a Premier League club for so long now because the previous owner left uh, a, you know, a club in neglect. And I think they've come in, they've steadied the ship straight away, they've made the necessary changes that they needed to, they've replaced Ashley, they've replaced Bruce, they've now got rid of the coaching staff, they've made their own managerial appointment, all of this in just over a month, mm-hmm. and now um, they set about the task of replacing other people, Lee Charnley, gone. Um, you know, the people behind the scenes now, who they know probably better than they did four weeks ago, they'll now say, right, well, X, Y, and Z's good at that, let's bring in people to help these people. And I personally feel, I feel within six months, this club will be turned around. I think in six months' time, we will see a much better Newcastle United. And I, 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 that's, that's, again, my opinion, my thoughts. These people aren't stupid. These people haven't got where they got today by being stupid. But it's just such an air of positivity. And I, I come back to what I'm expecting on Saturday and Eddie Howe being in place and, 
you know, no Steve Bruce and co standing in the technical area. It's going to be like a, a proper rebirth. Do you know what I mean? And and yeah. I just think, I just think they will get it right. And I think you're right. I think some of some of some of the national press have been very unfair. And I, look, they're not. I think even they would potentially admit that maybe they've not got certain things right. They'll be the first to admit that. But I think the, the paint and the narrative, the things that it's chaos at Newcastle United because it was chaos at Manchester City 15 years ago and, and because that's what happens when new people buy football clubs who haven't owned or worked in football before. doesn't mean that they haven't brought along with them and have people on the payroll who are giving them good, solid, sound, experienced football advice. They're also, you've got to remember, not just making football decisions, they're making business decisions. There's yeah. a lot, like you said, there's a lot of business decisions to be taken. Am I talking about people who know how know how to run businesses, know how to grow businesses behind the scenes? So let's just give them that grace. Um, I think a lot of this like want to jump on negatives will disappear when the situation on the field, fingers crossed, gets better in the next few weeks, which it has to. Otherwise, again, that the, the negativity will come back because. Um, it is. It is a. There is a real need to start turning things around on the pitch, and I think the next three to four weeks are a real opportunity to do that. Yeah, massive opportunity, and uh, that of course starts on Saturday against Brentford. Uh, Colin Wilson, uh, good morning. He says, Liam, do you expect uh, Lewis to return to the team? We need some legs at the back. Played really well for his uh, in, in international week. By all accounts, he did. Yeah. Um... A really good, a really good game against Italy. But he's a lad who's not really played any football for twelve months, has he? Um, barely, barely been in and around the team back in the last season. Um, not at all this season. Um, I think again, we've mentioned on this show before, and I'll continue with that. I think defensively, if you're going to play a four, I think Matt Ritchie's a liability. Um, that doesn't mean I think he can't add value to the team in some way, shape, or form. But I think as a defender, he's a liability. Um, doesn't and that's that's not really a it's not really a criticism of him either. Um, he's been asked to perform a role that he hasn't performed before, or very sparingly, or not for a long, long time. And and it's the type of thing if you put into a new position, you need you need coached in a new position in a new system. And I'd just like to see Eddie Howe um, take some common sense decisions. For me, potentially, if Paul Dummett isn't fit. Um, then I think a common sense decision could be to play play left back at left back, um, and Jamal Lewis would come into that uh, equation. There's a lot of other common sense decisions to make as well, um, looking at the performances and statistics, and, and hopefully those decisions can be made. I think one of the biggest problems that any manager coming in, no matter who, whether it was Eddie Howe, or whether it was Unai Emery, or anybody, is making sure that the balance is correct with Alan St. Maximin. Um, I think I see a lot of people complain about him not being a central player. Um, I would argue when he has to play on that left in the system that we've seen recently, he's doing too much defensive work. I don't really want Alan St. Maximin chasing a fullback into his own box. I don't want him to be doing that. Alan St. Maximin is wasted in that position. Alan St. Maximin, for me, that's why he's better suited playing in a forward role because he's further up the park and he can he can be one one you know, the one man up there, but he can be on three defenders. I'd rather that than having seven men in front of him and him having to run from, you know, 80 yards out. 
it doesn't make much sense. So getting that balance right, maybe doing a bit of the defensive work, but being more effective going forward, it's the balance that he was excellent in a forward sense with Steve Bruce because he was given that freedom. Um, under Graham Jones, he was shackled um, and did a really good defensive job, but offered nothing going forward. There needs to be a balance there because I've looked at this squad and looked at this team a million times. And every part of me wants to look at it and say, there is much more to this Newcastle United side than getting Alan St. Maximin playing well. But I think recent games prove that when Alan St. Maximin plays well, Newcastle United win games. Um, when he's anonymous, it's harder to win games. So I think I think that's a key for me, is, is getting that balance right with him. Um, I don't know what to make of Almiron. It'd be interesting to see whether he wants he wants to have him in and around the team. Of course, he's been away on international duty. Will he be, will he be one that comes back, back in? Again, I've said this on the Dubravka situation, and it applies to Almiron, it applies to Lewis. I'm not sure, having worked with the players for for two weeks now, the ones who are already here, will Eddie Howe be willing to make big changes and bring lads in who've been away on international duty? Look, he's been studying the team for a long time. He might not be afraid to do that. Some managers are. It's definitely a personal preference. I know Rafa Benitez used to favour playing players he had there. Steve Bruce went that way this year, playing players um, that were there and didn't always change things up. Um, Eddie Howe could be different. He might not be scared of that. Um, but I, 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 I don't necessarily think the team needs wholesale changes, but I would like to see a definite change in, in style and approach. Another one about uh, Saturday's game. Cameron Mackay uh, says uh, he hopes that we'll see at least four changes. Uh, from the um, from I think goalkeeper I think you'd like to see Dubravka in Shaw, uh, Fernandez, Murphy, and Willock in. What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see I can see why you would you would want those changes made. I think Dubravka for me is the biggest change that probably has to be made, and that's no criticism of Carl Darlow to be honest. But I think it's one that, that for me is, he's a game changer in the sense that he'll win points for you. Um, share. Barely kicked a ball. Again, he's another like Lewis, barely kicked a ball. Um, but would you argue that he's a better natural defender than Jamal Lascelles and a better footballer? Yes, I would. Uh, and I will also do the same for Kieran Clark or Emil Kraft or whoever whoever has been in the team recently. And I would say the same for Fede Fernandez. Fede Fernandez is probably at least a year, probably just just maybe going over that hill. Um, but that's what happens when you get older. Um and I think, but I think, is he is he still um, slightly, you know, with the shine taken off slightly, is he still better than Jamal Lascelles and Kieran Clark and Emil Craft again? The answer is yes. So, so for me, that's another one of these. What I was talking about earlier, common sense decisions that that needs to be made. Um, I, if if you want, if you want me to be a bit more specific, I could quite easily pick the team that I'll probably pick, and I think I'll, go, I'll definitely go. I would definitely go with with those those three Fernandez. Share and, and Dubravka in the team. Um, and I think a lot of other people would too. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to be one of these people who jumps off a cliff on two o'clock if Emil Kraft's name's in the team or Joel Linton's name's in the team. I think people just need to, I would just urge with fans, just, just chill. You've longed for all of this change. Let's try and be a bit more positive about things. So I think I'm not going to be wanting to jump off a cliff immediately. Um, but I know I, I see social media, I see it all the time. 
there's like so many it's like social media can be so schizophrenic at times you'll have some people sitting on there talking and saying yes we've got to be positive then team news comes out and f- five minutes later they're like this is the worst team i've ever seen in my life honestly it's it's crazy that the, the mood swings and ups and downs that some people have um i would just chill out and the game will play out eddie Howe will pick the best team that he thinks is available and he's now our manager. And if you like anyhow and you're happy with his appointment, let's just back his team selection as well. He's the man who's going to hopefully keep this club in the division and maybe take it forward a little bit as well. So let's not just let's just not panic if Fabian Shea is still not there. And Fernandez isn't even on the bench again. And, you know, and Darlow's still in goal and Kraft still gets picked. Just chill. Let's just wait and see how it plays out. 90 minutes of football whenever I won on a team sheet. So he's been working on things. He's picked a team that he thinks best. Let's just chill about it. I can see a new uh, T-shirt for the food bank there with John. Uh, Liam Kennedy says, just chill. It's a bit like Frankie says, relax, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, Keith Richardson, good morning. He says, assumptions are that we are looking at defenders and the <laughs> midfield. Is there any news on attacking options as the new owners must be aware of Wilson's injury problems? Thanks uh, for the your time. Yeah, uh, I think they would like to, as I mentioned here before, they'd like to level up in a number of key positions. Um, but I think the pressing concerns at the moment are the midfield and and defence. I've been banging this drum since January. Anybody who, who's watched this show since then will know what I think about the defensive unit and how weak it is and how much it needs strengthened. So so I think that's one thing that um, that will be strengthened in January and I think it'll be strengthened considerably. Um, on a forward sense, we all know you castinated a one injury potentially from a Callum Wilson away from losing the goals on this side. Um, and I think that's another thing that probably will be addressed. But I, I suspect the, the defensive stuff, because we're, we're just kind of not, we don't really feel fit for purpose for me as a defensive unit. So I think that will be one that's, that's absolute priority. And I actually agree it should be absolute priority. Yeah, I think everybody's agreed on that. We need a centre-forward in January. Um, who it's going to be um, uh, remains unclear, but uh, January will be here before we know it. Sean Crozier and Sean Smith both wanting answers to the same question, which they're hoping you can ask the club. Does Liam know or can he find out if the club will be selling half-season tickets this year, as they have done in previous seasons? I am absolutely itching to get a seat of my own back. Uh, both Sean's would like to know an answer to that, Liam. Can you ask the question? I can ask the question, no problem. I don't know the answer to it, unfortunately. Um, but I can definitely ask the question. Yeah, OK. Uh, Gav just wants to say on Twitter that he likes Liam and he's work- and he works a lot and he's a great lad. He also says, count how many times he starts a sentence on the pod with the word look, though. Keep up the good work, lads. Okay, so we'll maybe start counting that, Liam, making you conscious of that. Look, I'm not. I'm not having criticism like that. I'm really not. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you for everybody who contributed on Twitter. Uh, much appreciated. I uh, hope we give uh, you the answers uh, that we're hoping for. Uh, Tom Dixon, good morning, mate. He says, with Newcastle having a fully fit squad to choose from at the weekend, who do you expect us to play against Brentford? It's a slightly different one. I mean, who do you who do you expect to play? I, I mean, I would expect Debravka to be in, Tom. I think he'll get back into the side this week. International duty. Um, you know, he's been involved. Um, I, I, you know, it, again, it's 
clutching things out of fresh air, isn't it? Um, I don't think you make too many changes. I don't okay. think you make too many. Do you agree, Liam? Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I, don't, think, I don't think I don't think there'll be a uh, six changes or anything ridiculous like that. I just don't I don't see it. Um, I could see four, three, four changes maybe, but I don't think it'll be. I don't know. I'm with you. I don't have the feeling that there's going to be a a, a big, yeah. huge personnel change. Um, I think it'll be more system and approach, um, and the way that they play, and the way they try to play, and the and the way that they set up. I think that'll be the big differences. Um, for me, like I said, I've said four or five times already on this show that that Dubravka is the first change that I would make. I think he's seen a big upturn in, in fortunes at the back end of last season when he was eventually put back in the side. And that's because although he makes the odd mistake, which goalkeeper doesn't, um, he wins the Cassinated more points than than he's ever lost with. Um, and for me, he's one of the best goalkeepers um that we've probably seen in the Cassinated. Um and I think I think he, he should be in that should be in that side. And that again, that's no criticism of Carl Darlo at all, because great lad, great character, everything about him, a good standing goalkeeper, has performed really well when needed to. But I think Martin Dubravka, it's about levels, and I think he's he is a level above. Yeah, definitely, I would agree. Uh, Jordy Tumbalife says, is it just me? I can't recall the media talking about relegation in the first week of November. It's absolutely ridiculous. I always thought it was around Christmas time when all the talk started. Is it too early to talk about relegation in November? Not really. I don't think so, personally. I don't think it is. I think uh, when you're talking about a football team who hasn't... You only play 38 games in a season, and for the first 11 of those which is not far off a third of the season, they haven't won. They're staring in the, you know, they're staring at relegation in the face. Of course they are. If they continue, if they even better that form by 50%, then, they're, they're, you know, they're still going to be in and around the bottom, the bottom level. So I think, I think, um, I think it's, 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 it is early, but I've never heard the Christmas one. It's normally the league table. People used to say the league table doesn't tend to change much from around November. And where are we? We're in November, so Yukasinate will probably be in the bottom six, even if they do really well from now until the end of the season. That's just fact because of the points of where you're at and how far you're behind others. Um, you know, if they have an excellent, excellent season, pick up lots and lots of wins between now and May, you know, you might see them finish 13th or something like that, you know, 12th, you know, depending on... It's not a hard league to really bump up, as we showed in the back the last six games of last season, to go from being... Sort of Seventeenth uh, to to sort twelfth of or thirteenth, whatever it may it turned out to be, but but I think Newcastle will be there or thereabouts at the end of the season because of the start they made. It's going to be hard to catch up, um, particularly with the, play, the it's more the games they haven't played than the games they have played. They've still got a lot of a lot of tough games. They've probably of all the teams at the bottom probably got the hardest fixture list left, um, mm. and haven't won a game. So I think it's fair to start mentioning relegation when you're talking about Newcastle. More than fair. Yeah, I mean, hard fixture lists look a lot easier though once you get your first win under the under the belt. So hopefully that will be uh, this weekend. Stephen Roach is asking, "Is this more clickbait?" He says, "Do you what do you make of the reports that PIF are disappointed and uninspired with the purchase of Newcastle?" I don't know. I've not seen that, Stephen. Where where was that being reported? No, me neither. I've not seen it either. Um, but yeah, I would just imagine that it's more clickbait. If it was in the if it was in uh, the Daily Mail, mate, <laughs> let us know. Um, I just Anthony... think disappointed and uninspired. I think that would be a really that would be an incredible judgment to make. Um, having waited so long to have got through the door, and mm -hmm. then the six weeks later and say, "God, well, what was all that about?" I, I don't, I don't see it. 
It's yeah. a long term. It's a long term investment. I think. I think they'll 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 whatever they put in, they'll get returns from at Newcastle United because it's a club that can grow exponentially. We've seen a lot of the figures put out by um, a good friend of mine, Kieran Maguire. Um, spoken of loads and loads over the course of the last two years with regards to finances in Newcastle United. Excellent, excellent um, coverage. And he put some figures out um, showing the commercial growth of Newcastle United or lack of it compared to other football clubs. It's not going to take a lot for Newcastle United to start moving in the direction. But these are the type of things you cannot click your fingers and ha- have happen immediately. So like you said, you said six months. I would say everybody just needs to take a snapshot of what the club looks like now and let's see where it looks in three years' time with regards to commercial, the money that's coming in, the training ground, how the, the playing squad, everything. It'll be transformed. Three years' time, it'll be transformed. Yeah, and that's what we want. We want uh, everything, you know, looking at and, and everything to be developed. And it's going to, it's certainly going to take time, which is, you know, something we've, you know, we have got at the moment. We just need to make sure that we're in the right division. Uh, Peter, you're right. Imagine the commotion of Eddie Howe goes with an unchanged lineup. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's yeah. silliness, though. Like, that's, this is the silliest bit about yeah. it. Like, people just need to let him pick his team. And, and it could be an unchanged team, but be absolutely transformed in the way that they play because of the training. And the things that they've been doing. So I just think, I think everyone just needs to calm down. Yeah, Nick Craig's uh, has Charlie gone, Steve? Yeah, I mean, his contract was, if you go on a company's house, it was terminated on the 7th of the 8th of November, if I, if I remember rightly off the top of my head. So uh, yeah, Liam's looking at the, to the left. Uh, means the dog's on the move. Uh, I better do the spot. I better do the sponsors. Uh, shout out! Big thanks to Spider VPN, uh, Google Spider VPN. They're at the top of your Google search list uh, for all your internet security. Google Spider VPN. Uh, they are the boys to trust. Skipsandbins.com. Thanks for your sponsorship as well. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay as you go. Waste collection. Also, a big shout out to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 0191 389 and to QTechShop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the lads who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Jab Signature as well, thank you for your uh, support and for making our flyers, jabsignature.co.uk for all of your leisure wear, and get yourself onto Newcastle Legends. Uh, at the bottom right-hand corner. If you haven't subscribed, uh, you can do so for free. Uh, we are 90 subscribers away from hitting the 44,000 mark. Incredible. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media, and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans or to pose a question. We're also available on iTunes or Spotify and other podcast providers. The show usually goes up within 24 hours, means you can listen to it when you're out for a walk or in your car. Uh, last chance, really, to get tickets now for the Christmas do, which is this coming Friday. Super Matt and Gibbo doing an evening with uh, Junior Turner belting out these songs, some raffles, some auctions, and uh, a Newcastle United shop with some top memorabilia. So get yourself along. Uh, Going to be a cracking night in aid of the food bank. And a week later, an evening with Peter Beardsley uh, coming up at the Irish Centre as well. Tickets for that one, £15 each. And uh, that starts at seven o'clock. Tickets for both events available from newcastlelegends.com and just click shop and you can buy your tickets online. There's also another food bank event on at Bobix, which is the old punch bowl in Jesmond. 
9th of December and even more me and Supermac and uh, bobix.com is your place for tickets for that. Don't forget you can make donations to the food bank at nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk in the virtual bucket at any time of the year. You can also buy your tickets for a pound each for the custom-made Peter Beardsley trainers, which will be signed by Peter at the event on the 26th. I am the renovation. Thank you very much for supplying those. And if you're looking for a Christmas idea for somebody who is of the black and white persuasion, get yourself on a Groupon and Woucher uh, offers a plenty for an evening or an afternoon, sorry, with Peter Beardsley, Sunday the 30th of January at the Tyne Theatre and Opera House on Westgate Road in Newcastle. Uh, you can get your tickets online there. And there are some VIP options still available on there. So well worth having a look. And don't forget, new merchandise up on the website. Uh, get your NUFC Matters Cup. Um, I am cult member number one. Uh, and that is uh, because we've set up a membership scheme. Um, NUFC Matters membership scheme. Um, and this is a great idea by John from QTech. Uh, you get a scarf, you get a mug, you get a pen, you get a nice little bag, you get a membership card. Um, and you can buy that on NUFCMatters.com. But you go into the monthly prize draw. And two tickets for the Man United game are up for grabs. Um, so get your membership packs today. Um, and those of you going to the Christmas party on Friday will be able to buy them direct from John from QTech at the mem uh, memorabilia store. T-shirts as well. This is a bestseller at the minute. Howie, the lads with uh, Eddie Howe on. So get your uh, T-shirts on the website as well. And don't forget, pre-match, I will be with Supermac. At the Dog and Parrot free entry, uh, one o'clock start. Uh, me and Supermac will be talking and looking ahead to the game on Saturday. And looking forward to seeing as many of you there possible. Build up a nice little crowd there now, and it is uh, always good to see you. And those of you who are of a, a, a true crime interest as well, uh, have a jump onto uh, this story. I keep plugging this one, but I'm you know it was a great interview. Newcastle fan Paul Bogey, uh, who was addicted to heroin, turned his life around. And became a Royal Scots Guard. Cracking story, a cracking book, well worth a look at uh, in the playlist. Just have a look through the true crime playlist and you will find that. Okay, back to the uh, the questions. Dear Lord, uh, morning. He says, just how big are the next four games for us? With three of the next four against relegation rivals in such a short period of time before some horrible fixtures in December. <sighs> I think we know the answer to that, Liam. It's huge, isn't it? Absolutely huge. I think uh, I think it'll be going some way to to expect a team that's not one in eleven to suddenly win three out of four. But it certainly feels like like that's what they need to do. I would say um, they definitely need to at least win a couple of those games to get themselves back within touching distance of the teams above. Um, and and hopefully, hopefully they can. And I think I think they couldn't have asked for. In my opinion, they couldn't have asked for a better uh, start. Eddie Howe couldn't have asked for a better game as well. I think, um, I hope I'm still saying that come come five o'clock on Saturday night. But I do think I do think it's quite favourable. Um, I mean, apart from maybe picking somebody like a Watford, um, I don't think there's many other teams you'd rather be playing in your first game at home, St James's Park, um, big crowd, more flags to another event. I think I think it's set up for Newcastle to win and. And I think, I think, um, like I say, I'm not going to dwell too much. You want to see positive signs in, in a sense that they play well, but I don't really care at the moment. I just want to see them get the points that they need to, to and, and, and the style and the ethos and, and all that can come later. Um, let's just get points on the board. Let's start getting ourselves moving in the right direction. 
Thoughts on Gerard going to Aston Villa? Asks Keith. Bad. I don't. I don't like it. It's not one that again. I've seen some bizarre national columnists talking about how Newcastle United had missed out and on somebody. It's hard to miss out on somebody that isn't really in for the job. Um, I, I think. I think the thing that I would always look at with Gerard, and I think it's he could do, go there and do a brilliant job. Um, and I, I've, I don't mind if he does. I'm not really bothered about Aston Villa. This is Newcastle United, and that's all I really care about at the moment. Um, but what I would say is that that under Rafa Benitez, the first he was the first manager in a long time to almost break the mould of Newcastle United under Mike Ashley in particular, being the stepping stone football club. He wanted people to come to the football club who treat Newcastle United as their goal, as in they want to be here. And they want they they were desperate to sign for Newcastle because it's Newcastle United, not because Newcastle United was somewhere a means to an end for them. And I think the one thing that will be impossible for Gerard to shake at Aston Villa is that it is his stepping stone to Liverpool. So if he'd come to Newcastle United, you can imagine he'd probably be in the same position. That it would always be a case of when's he going to Liverpool. So I'm quite happy we're away from that circus. Being brutally honest. Um, let Aston Villa have that because it's unsettling um, and it's not something that, that I particularly want to part of. Joe Linton up top with Wilson, says Paul Hill. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, he's had two weeks being coached properly. I mean, you, you, we might see something a little bit different from uh, Joe Linton. Who knows? We might see Dwight Galen. Um, that's the you know, that's the, the bottom line. It, it depends who's impressed anyhow in the first couple of weeks. Um, the most important thing at the moment is a very strong defence line and then build on the attack to be a competitor to the league thanks for that um, who is the new sponsor going to be any ideas says Wayne again lots of rumours going around but nothing definite at the moment is there in the you know in, in, in the media no well, I, I'd heard a little while back <clears throat> it was going to be something Saudi Arabian based as we all think and, and something along the lines of maybe Neom or, or something like that one of the big projects that they've got at the moment something tourist-related, potentially. Um, I don't know what the current situation is of, of the stuff behind the scenes. So so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. There's been a lot of people mentioning airlines and that kind of thing. Um, speaking to people a few weeks back, and this could easily have changed, didn't really seem like that was going to be the one, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I was told it would probably be a project. I think, again, I'm not absolutely au fait on all of matters Saudi Arabian, but I, I didn't think that the Saudi Arabian airline or the main one was particularly a flagship company or like a, a one that they wanted to shout about around the world quite yet. So it could be the case that investment in that, in that sector is accelerated and, and they do want to put that at the very forefront of, of their, their sort of the eyes of the world being on that. So we'll have to wait and see. Look, either way, it's either way, it's going to be some kind of sponsorship deal that massively increases the commercial revenue in Cass United. So I don't really care what it is. Um, it certainly can't be any worse than some of the crap we've had over the last few years. So no, more salad, more salad to the tune. I'm I'm laughing with that, but hey, you never know. Um, <laughs> maybe not more salad, but I'm I'm imagining there will be some kind of flagship. Um, almost cultural signing. I think that was something talked about about 18 months ago when this first started, um, when this first came to the fore. And Mo Salah's name was mentioned at that time. That's why I'm laughing. 
Um, so look, I'm not I'm not going to rule anything in or rule anything out with these lot. I'm really not. They've come here to win. I think more Salah's out of Newcastle is reach in the short term, but in the medium term, I don't see why not. Yeah, uh, you know, big, big plans, big, big ambitions, but they've got to start off slow and get things right at the start. First thing is keeping us in the Premier League, which is very, very important. Uh, lots of people asking about the director of football. It was at the start of the programme we discussed that, so you'll be able to find that there. Alwaleed, good morning. He's in the uh, chat today. Good to see you, mate, uh, making an appearance. Uh, and Wilfred uh, saying, hello, everyone. Greetings from Nigeria. Just have to keep in touch with my two and family, even though I'm on holiday. Wilfred, hope you're okay, mate. Sorry that you've had a bit of stick on social media. It's just your turn, mate. But I, I love the way you deal with it. You just laugh and move on. Um, very good, mate. Enjoy your holiday. Hope uh, your family are fitting well. Uh, Tom says, Liam, how long will it be till the Sports Direct signs are down around the training ground and it's in James's Park? And who do you think our new sponsor will be? Well, we've touched on the sponsorship, Tom. Um, Tom you just have to look at what Amanda Staveley was saying last week when she came out of the Premier League meeting. And she answered she's that. sick of him. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think it's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. Yeah, uh, hypocrisy at the highest level. England players to talk about Qatar and human rights, but they still go with the FA full back in the media, yet they still go on about Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, uh, there is a little bit of hypocrisy about this, isn't it? We're going to play a World Cup in Qatar next November. Um, now the England players have got to go out and talk positively about it. We've just qualified for the World Cup, yet Newcastle's still the main talking point. And, you know, Eddie Howe's getting asked about, you know, human rights issues, which he deflected as he should do because he's here to talk about football but it's not going to go away I went on to Total Sport last night with Simon Pride and he asked me the same question I'm well rehearsed in answering it by the way um, you know plenty of other countries have got human rights issues you know you don't need to look you know much further than places like China etc who, who are just as bad if not worse so you know it's it's got nothing to do with football for us, you know. We, we just want to see the team do well. We don't want to get dragged into geopolitical arguments and stuff. And, you know, I answered the question fairly and squarely last night. I know Eddie Howe did in front of the press. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit hypocritical, isn't it? I just, like, everybody's fully within their rights to ask these questions. It's You're fully within your rights to answer them in any way that you see fit. And everybody else out there is fully within their rights to be not bothered by yeah. people asking these questions, just let it go over your head. Just Open chill. Up. Yes, just chill. Like I said, in a, in a lot of ways, ask yourself, when you see yourself getting angry or upset about human rights questions being asked, which a lot of the time, these are legitimate questions, whether they're directed in the right people or at the right times is a question for debate, but they are legitimate questions. Don't be bothered by them. Don't be bothered. Why, why, why are you worried about it? Did you get always look at yourself when you find yourself getting wound up by this and say, did I get what I wanted? Did I want the Newcastle to take over by the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia as a majority shareholder? And if the answer is yes, take the rough with the smooth. Roll with it. The, all this talk will die down to an extent, but there always will be a, an element of, of this that comes back and never leaves. And, and I would say... I think if you wanted that and you answer that question they asked before, did you want this? And the answer is yes. I don't think you'll mind when you see a piece of silverware above a black and white shirt. I don't think you'll be really that bothered about all of the stuff and the questions is what I'm talking about here. The questions that have been asked of Newcastle fans, Newcastle managers, um, investors, any, anything like that. That doesn't mean that the 
issues aren't real. It doesn't mean that the issues don't matter. But all you've got to do is, as a fan, and this is me speaking to fans out there, you've got to ask yourself, is this, is this a football decision for me? And was I happy with it? And if you're happy with it, you have to take the rough of the smooth. You have to take the fact that some people aren't going to be happy with it. For maybe football reasons, some people won't be happy of it because they might be jealous. Some people might not like it because they, they think the Saudi regime is abhorrent. If you are happy with a football decision and you're happy with the direction that Newcastle is going, don't let yourself get offended. Just move on. Yeah, I think there's uh, definitely scope here, John, from QTech for some kind of um, like toy or something or like a, like something which you can put either... You can have a child's version for like cots. So if a baby can't get to sleep, you just have Liam talking away at it. And, and then if you maybe if you're suffering uh, yourself, you need a bit of a pep talk before you go for an interview. You've got another one for Liam. I think there's a there's a definite avenue for Liam Dolls here. Like, what do you mean? Like press a different button and I just give some kind of no, one of them rope pulls. You know, you pull the rope and it goes. Yeah, I think that's a definite. Like definite, John. I don't know what it costs. We'll maybe have a look into that. Um, Liam Dolls. I think it's uh, perfect. Uh, just a bit of fun. Who do you think will be the uh, last the longest in management uh, in the jobs that they've just taken? How Gerard or Smith? How? How I think. Yeah, definitely. Didn't take Gerard long to leave uh, Rangers. Uh, the guy's totally unproven in the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. Like I think um, I think you're right. Ashley Hannant. Uh, any hope on any news on Mick Lowe's? Yeah, Mick is. He's in recovery and it's going to be slow, but he's he's you know he's here, he's still with us, and that is the most important thing. Stephen says, uh, in how we have a manager who's very capable of making tactical instant decisions and changing a game, yeah, makes a change. Uh, I just Kelly, want to say, uh, if I jump in, like, yeah, best of luck, mate, in your recovery. Yeah. Um, best of luck, mate. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it's yeah, uh, you, know, you you've got, you know just got to hope and pray that things go well for him, hundred um, percent. Looney says, I've got a feeling Maxi will be dropped for Fraser or Richie, uh, put out on the left and Murphy on the right. Interesting. I'm not sure how Maxi will be dropped. Like, I, I'm not not 100% sure. No, I don't think so either. But, you know, everybody's got their opinions. Yeah, of course they have. It'll be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. He also says, uh, we need to stay well away from the likes of Bale and Hazard Crocs on huge wages. I would agree. Um, Richard Keyes is making his uh, mouth go again as well, says uh, Looney Tune. Yeah, we're not going to give him any time. Me and Liam made that decision a long time ago just yeah. to ignore the bloke. It's a waste of time speaking about him. Just chill, man. Just chill. Just chill. Uh, Jordy Tuvalet says, I can't chill when things are said and it's wrong and it's me. It's, it's not me not to fight back. Sorry, it's my club and it's my city. Fair play, fair play, mate. You, you do it. No worries. But I, I'm going to just stay chill about it. People are asking if you're drinking Kool-Aid in the chat. Uh, Wilfred's in your gang, though. He's in your cult. He says, Liam is spot on. Absolutely spot on. Just chill. Cheers, Wilfred. Cheers, Wilfred. Am I, getting some, am I getting some stick in the chat, am I? I'll have well, to... that's just because that's that's Wilfred's lying on a sun lounger in Nigeria with his family <laughs> surrounding him, handing him cocktails. That's why. Um, that's why he's chilled out. Um, you're not... But, it's fifty. Well, it's going to be fifteen degrees here, Wilfred. So you're not getting all the good weather. Fifteen degrees is good in uh, the northeast, as you know, for November. Um, next question: David Richardson says thoughts on Steve McLaren. Seeing that everyone who worked at NUFC, whether it was the tea lady or the groundsman, had to buy tickets for matches and never saw the hard work they put in during the week. 
It's true. Yeah, it's just a, a strange way to run a football club, isn't it? Like, I don't think anybody necessarily deserves or has to have freebies at the end of the week. Um, but you know, it's a nice thing. It is a nice thing, and and I think I think it's expect. It is kind of is it expected in football clubs. It's just taken as a given. Yeah, it is. That, 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 was, the, that was the time as well, though, if I remember rightly, um, when they had a, a scheme where everybody at the club was on a bonus. And wasn't that the season we drew 3-3 with West Brom after being 3-0 up? And we dropped out of the top 10 and nobody got the bonus. Players and everybody who worked at the club. All right, I'm not I'm not sure of the detail. I think that was under Lamb Bias. I'll have to double check, but that was definitely a thing. Everybody at the club was on a bonus. Staff, tea lady, players and everything. And I'm pretty sure Newcastle were 3-0 up in the last game of the season. And the bonus was only going to be paid if Newcastle finished in the top 10. And I'm pretty sure Newcastle finished 12th because of that defeat. And nobody got that bonus. Not one person after a full season. And oh. uh, can you imagine what you would feel like working at the club and, you know, being on a, you know, a naff wage? I mean, players... You know, a bonus to the players is neither here nor there on the wages that they get. Um, but can you imagine being a, you know, just somebody, member of the security team or whatever, you know, yeah, you've probably got the money spent, haven't you? You know what I mean? And then suddenly that that happens. It's uh, oh, a, good, a good a good captain sort of sweetener for the rest of the staff there, don't they? That's what they do. A good a good captain, a good honest uh, leader and says, look, lads, we balls this up. Um, we'll help everybody out. But I don't know the detail of it, you know what I mean? I don't know so. I can't exactly comment. Colin says, Richard Key's Twitter account's been suspended. About time. Karma. Yeah, good stuff. I hope it has been. I Kieran don't Williams. Really fuck, you know, I've seen, I seen there's somebody quoting it. I just don't read it. It's so... No, neither do I. I, I, think I, blocked, I think I blocked his account. I muted it. Right. I did one of the two because I never see any of his rubbish. Um, Kieran Williams says, I know Amanda and the Rubens are committed. Still not convinced PIF are in it for the long haul. What do you think? I think they are in it for the long haul, 100%. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. There's no, there's been no reason, Kieran, to suggest to to doubt that. None at all. Surely, the fact that they were there when a lot of people were telling you that they weren't there is showing that they've got commitment to this. They were, they've been here long enough. They're not going to. They, they waited eighteen months for the deal to happen, having been in talks for around twelve months previous to that as well. I don't see where this idea they're suddenly going to bail out after. Someone suggested earlier they're already paid off. Are they going to bail out after six weeks? They haven't even started yet, man. They haven't even I don't know started. where these stories come from and, and, and who no. on earth is going to pay them 300 million plus to buy the football club? Exactly. It's not the easiest sell. It might be a good sell in three or four years' time, if that's what you're thinking, but they'll have to put a lot of money in and a lot of groundwork will have to be done. You'd have to sell it as a ready-made football club, not the shell that they've walked into. Yeah, I would agree. I just think, again, I keep saying it. Liam might say, just chill. I just say, don't believe everything you read in the papers. Darren says, looking at the fixture list for December, it's not just ourselves at the bottom who've got difficult fixtures. No, Leeds are in the same boat. It's just about not dropping points. I would agree. Uh, Shelby could be like a new signing. Uh, have you pulled a Christmas cracker too early, Richard? Um, how do you view Eddie Howe, says Mr. J? Um, I'm delighted with him. Yeah, I am too. I think I like what I've liked what I've heard. I've liked what I've seen. Um, but as 
as has been said plenty of times before, it was the one that uh, Graham Jones kept coming out with. Um, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And I think we'll see what kind of dish has been served up on Saturday. And I think only then can we make uh, early um, measured judgment on what changes happened in the two weeks that Eddie Howe's been here. And then probably I would say only in maybe three to four games' time can we start to make much fairer judgments on how much has changed because things can't be implemented overnight. The problem that we find ourselves in, we need things to happen yesterday, never mind tomorrow. Um, but things don't happen overnight. Change doesn't happen overnight. And, and this team's been playing poorly, largely for a long time now, for the best part of 12 months, has been a disorganised uh, shambles in a tactical sense, probably for the best part of two years. Um it's not a quick fix. It's not an easy fix. But I'd like to think from what I've seen and heard and the way Eddie Howe talks that he's got the tools to, to turn that around. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, conversation there about Andy Carroll. Uh, good news for Andy Carroll. I'm pleased the lad's playing football again. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just hope that his injury problems are behind him and he can, you know, maybe, you know, do something at Redden. Uh, good luck to him anyway. Don't wish him any um, bad luck at all. He's a good lad and uh, just, you know, again, just part of that whole Ashley era, you know, bringing him in as a as a bit of a sign-in to try and appease the fans was just crazy. You know, he was never going to be able to play a Premier League level. Uh, Baza reckons Joe Linton's going to score on Saturday after impressing how in training. Good. You know, he, he might be, be absolutely over the moon. He might do. He might do, you know. Uh, Gary suggests making uh, Q-Tech. It's another one for the list. A stress ball looking like Steve Bruce. Okay. I think you, the only thing I'd say about that is I think you'll probably bring yourself to a bit of criticism for that one. Like, I yeah, think, Brian, yeah, Brian, no, it's not a blow-up doll of Liam. Definitely not. It's one of those, like, it'd be like one of those, it'd be like it was one of those material at the bottom, then like a plastic head, and then you pull the string and it talks. That's what I'm envisaging here. But it all comes down to expenses and what Q-Tech uh, can, can sort out. Well, also, says, on my fee on my fee for recording it as well, of course. Oh, you'll be on a percentage, of course. Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, John's good with percentages. There's no doubt about it. And he does pay you. Wilfred, uh, he says he says he's chilling. It's 32 degrees. Oh, very nice. Any need for that? Any <laughs> need for that, Wilfred? I'm coming to Nigeria with you the next time. We'll do the show live from there. You can come on. Um, live from the Sun Lounger with Wilfred. Um, if we manage to get 14, uh, be on 14 points or more at New Year, um, I'll be on the Ginolas, gin and cokes. I've never heard them called that. That's interesting. Gin and coke, Ginolas. <laughs> it's 14, 14 points, so it's at nine, nine points between now and January. I think they need to pick up a few more than that. Um, I think I was doing calculations the other day, and I was thinking that as long as you're on 17, 18, I think you're probably you're, you're, you're heading in the right direction. Um, ideally you'd want to be 20 points going into the new year but I don't think that's going to be the case but I think if they can get themselves a 17 then I think they've got a good chance Yeah, no news on the director of football Shane Mawson sorry we did discuss it earlier Dear Lord says do you think realistically we could attract players like Lingard Van Der Beek Nathan Aki Yes Yes yeah, I do yeah. that's, I, yes, think, I think there's lots of it, lots of pe players and people will be surprised in January who will be willing to accompany Cast United depending on even even with a, a really grim situation on the on the pitch I think the, there's a project here and, and people will want to sign for the manager they'll want to sign for the club because of the direction that it will be heading in inevitably um, so yeah I think I think um, 
I think an Ake would be would be a perfect signing. He signed from played from before. As long as they had a good relationship, and good, I'm, I'm sure he'll be happy with the way he's developed at Bournemouth. It got him a fantastic move. It hasn't worked out for him as much as he would have liked, probably at Man City. And he is absolute prime for somebody you could bring in on a loan move with view to a permanent. Um, I think there could be little ones like that. Everyone's talking about fifty million, this hundred million, two hundred million, whatever it may be. I think one of the biggest tools Newcastle United are going to have in January because of the predicament is loan deal with a view to buy. I think that's the way that I would be looking at things. I think you will probably get a, a slightly higher quality of player using that market as as West Ham did with Lingard last year, of course, his contract's up. Or looking at players like Lingard, whose contracts are up and you can get for a relatively low fee. But like I say... There will be competition for those type of players, but I think there are there are probably there's probably low hanging fruit at the top clubs who are still good good players who aren't quite getting a game who you might be able to bring in and pick up and, and get them playing games with the idea that when you stay up and if you're still in that predicament in January, which there probably will be, if you stay up, they become a permanent deal. I think that's I think that common sense approach to transfers in January, despite the fact you might have a lot of money in the bank. Any updates on Nicholas Sewell, says Andrew on Twitter, after Liam's exclusive drop last week? No, no, just uh, exactly what exactly what I heard last week, is that, that talks had taken place between his representatives and Newcastle United, but they're not, he's not the only player, there's numerous players across Europe have been spoken to, um, and that's not even including the ones who put themselves forward or their representatives have, have clambered towards Newcastle United trying to get a move, um, which there are lots and lots and lots, by the way. Um, but I think it's it's a one that he's, he's keen to potentially get out of Germany and see Newcastle United as a type of project you'd like to be a part of. So, like I say, these things can happen. They can't happen. They sometimes don't happen. But one thing that's absolutely certain is the story is absolutely spot on and that and the, the player has got an interest. Could he be using this as leverage? Could they, could these stories be coming out as leverage because he wants a big brand new deal at Bayern Munich? You never, you never know 100% on these things. But from what I've heard, again, from very well-placed sources, it is, it, is a, it is a distinct possibility. It's one they could put money down for in January to get done instead of waiting for the summer. Last two questions. Paul Oxley says, do you think Jones will be moved on at the end of the season? He does. Uh, no, no, I don't don't get that feeling at all, no. No, me neither. Okay, last question. Ryan Sweeney, good one, this. Stephen Liam, what book are you reading? I'm reading a book called Woke Up This Morning by Steve Shuripa and Michael Imperioli, um, who were uh, Bobby Bacalar and Christopher Malta Sunday in The Sopranos. It's a new book written by them and uh, thoroughly enjoying it. And there's also a podcast, if you're not aware of it, called Talking Sopranos. So if you're interested in The Sopranos, get yourself onto there. Uh, they have been reviewing every episode of the series and have guests on, etc. Fascinating listen. Uh, it's up there, episode 86 now, five to go. Um, and I'm also booked in to see The Sopranos tour, which involves um, those two guys and the guy who played Big Pussy. Um, who are going to be at the City Hall in Newcastle next year. So have a look on the City Hall's website. Chance to go along uh, to an audience with, and there are VIP tickets available. Well, there was anyway. I've, I've got a couple of them to meet and greet afterwards. So uh, should be good. Not my event, thank God. Chance to go and enjoy myself. But yeah, that's the book I'm reading. Liam, what are you reading? 
I'm not. I'm not reading anything at the moment. Not too busy chasing moment. the dog around, stopping at biting tables and legs. And I seriously, life's too busy at the moment for me to pick up a book. Just plus the beds, <laughs> dogs, cats, jobs, jobs, jobs coming to be backside at the minute. So it's a really, really busy time in the Kennedy household. So um, yeah, no book reading. Unfortunately, that'll probably have to wait till the new year. Liam's reading a book called Chill Out, says Jolie. Thanks for that. And Ryan, no problem, mate. Uh, it's always good to get different questions which are away from football. Quick plug for where you're working, Liam. Um, probably take about 10 minutes to list all your jobs. I will at the moment, yeah, but I'll just stick to the one. Um, NewcastleWorld.com. Check it out if you haven't already. Um, plenty of Newcastle United stuff on there, but lots more as well about the city, culture, um, restaurants, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, check it out. NewcastleWorld.com. Okay, great stuff, Liam, as always. That hour, uh, it's always very quick, but uh, I hope we've answered everybody's questions. We'll be back half past 10 next Tuesday. Well, probably quarter to 11. Take care, Liam. <laughs> Cheers. Talking to myself